It was a country of benchlands and brakes, coolies and cutbanks, and grass that stretched a hundred miles in every direction. The dominating expanse of blue sky overhead seemed to flatten it, but this vast northern range undulated like a heavy sea. The lonely grandeur of it gripped at the heart of the strong and intimidated the weak. A pair of riders leading pack-horses topped a crest of this virgin Montana territory and reined in. From the stout, double-rigged saddle to the shotgun chaps and the low crown of their cowboy hats, their clothes and their gear marked them as Texans. They were covered with a thick layer of travel dust. They walked their horses partway down the gentle slope and stopped again when they were no longer skylined by the plain swell. Saddle leather groaned as the taller of the two men swung to the ground in a fluid motion. The chalk-faced bay he was riding blew out a snort and dipped its nose toward the grass. Raw-boned and lean, Chase Benteen Calder carried his near six-foot height with the ease of a shorter man. His weight was attributed in hard muscles that lay flatly across his chest and broad shoulders and the long girth of his legs. The twenty-six years of his life had beaten a toughness into his boldly spaced features. It showed in the quickness of his dark eyes, the small break along the bridge of his nose, and the pale track of an old scar on his right temple. Experience had made him close-mouthed and vigilant, and the sun had darkened him. He kept a hold on the reins to his chalk-faced bay, while it lowered its head to graze. The rattle of the bridle bit briefly drew his glance to the horse, tearing at the curly, matted grass, growing close to the ground. It was native buffalo grass, more nutritious than any other kind. Heat and drought couldn't kill it. Cold winters cured it into hay. The trampling of hooves couldn't destroy it. It was said this short grass could put two hundred extra pounds on a steer at maturity. A few minutes ago they had ridden through some ripening blue joint, taller than the buffalo grass, as wheat-like heads had brushed the stirrups of his saddle. The great herds of buffalo that had once roamed this range were well on their way to being exterminated by buffalo hunters and hiders. It was an act encouraged by the government in Washington, in a deliberate attempt to break the spirit of the Plains Indians and subdue them once and for all. A year before, on October 5, 1877, Chief Joseph of the Nez Perce had surrendered over in the Bearpaw Mountains. Most of the Sioux and Cheyenne were corralled on reservations, and the rest had fled to Canada with Sitting Bull and Dull Knife. After years of pressure from clamoring ranches and railroads, the government was finally throwing open the last isolated island of open range. All this land was going to be free for the taking. J. Spenteen Calder scanned the limitless expanse of the plains with sharp and knowing eyes. His glance stopped on the wiry rider sitting loosely on his horse. Both men were seasoned veterans of a half-dozen trail drives of longhorns, north to the railheads in Kansas and beyond. They had just come off a drive Benteen had bossed for the Ten Bar Ranch, south of Fort Worth, Texas, to deliver a herd to an outfit in the Wyoming Territory. The horses they were riding, and the ones that carried their packs, all had the Ten Brand burned on their hips. It was on the trail during a stopover at Dodge City that they had heard the first talk about the Indian country of Montana Territory and Benteen's interest had been aroused. Then the ramrod of the Wyoming outfit had mentioned the free grass opening up to the north. 
Instead of heading directly back to Texas, Bentine had taken this side trip to get a look at the country, and Barney had tagged along. This vast rolling grassland was all that they had claimed it to be and more. Its lower altitude made it more desirable than the plains of Wyoming and Colorado, and its grasses were rich, capable of putting hard weight on cattle. There would be a stampede into the territory. Free grass was like whispering gold. Right now it looked like a sea of gold. Summer had ripened it to a rich yellow, and autumn's cool breath was bronzing the heavy-headed grasses that covered hundreds of square miles. Its location wouldn't stay a secret for long.